tell you, parents and children, I'm going to uh, dismiss the children a little late today. Uh, uh, I, I, whenever we uh, recognize what I consider heroes of the faith, I like the children to remain, uh, to be able to uh, witness this. And then when we conclude this portion of the uh, service, we will dismiss you for your uh, children's worship. But I'd like to take the opportunity right now uh, to recognize the uh, members of uh, Sound Choices Pregnancy Clinic uh, that we have with us uh, today. If you're not familiar with this ministry, it was established in uh, Columbus, Georgia way back in uh, 1981. It was established as a ministry of our church. Uh, We were the first church in the nation to establish a pregnancy center. And many of you know that the ministry here was used as a model uh, to establish hundreds of other pregnancy centers uh, across the nation. So we're not only thankful for what's happening in sound, at Sound Choices, but uh, for pregnancy centers uh, throughout uh, the country. Let me ask you to hold your applause. Let me get up, uh, everybody, uh, get up everybody that we have here, and then we'll give you an opportunity to express your appreciation. And again, this is just a a portion of the folks that are involved down there. Let me begin. Uh, we have, I know, a couple of board members. Is Cheryl here? Dr. K- where is Cheryl? Come on up, Cheryl. You'll be the first. If you would just, just right here along the front, you can come right to the middle, and they can just begin to fan out from there. And Terry Hadaway, is Terry here? He may be. He's, he's up in the TV uh, booth. Uh, and then uh, we have a, a couple that, have, uh, that teach parenting classes. Uh, Glenda Hendricks, where's Glenda? Glenda has been uh, teaching parenting classes uh, for 11 years at the ministry. And my wife, Kathy, Kathy, you come on down. Kathy's been uh, right behind Glenda 10 years uh, teaching parenting classes, helping girls uh, prepare for not only childbirth but raising their their, uh, child. We have a couple of volunteers that are with us. Melanie Evans, who's been with the ministry four years. Here's Melanie. And then uh, Javon Goldsmith who's been with the ministry for nine years. Any other volunteers that I may be missing? I don't want to miss anybody volunteers. Okay, let me move to uh, uh, one of the newest additions to the ministry. You remember a couple years ago, uh, we put on the road what's called an ICU uh, mobile unit. It's basically a pregnancy center on wheels, which has had incredible impact where we're able to take this into inner city areas, rural areas, I mean anywhere and everywhere, and just set it up. And uh, there are two key ladies with that. First, Shannon, uh, is it Kathy? Is that how you pronounce it? Shannon, come on up. She's the uh, mobile operations manager who's been with us for four years. And then uh, Bert Harrelson is the uh, nurse that works the uh, ICU mobile unit. It has its own ultrasound. Uh, I think most of you know Uh, This is one of the wonderful tools that God has given pregnancy centers to provide a window into the womb. I can remember the early years back in the 80s when we didn't have that uh, technology uh, available to us. And we basically were showing girls uh, photographs of fetal development. Can you imagine the impact to provide that open window into her womb where she can see that precious little baby that's developing within her? And this has had a tremendous, tremendous impact in turning women from abortion to choose life uh, for their babies. Bert, how long have you been with us? Since I started 84. 84, so you've been a long, long time. And then um, uh, let me hit our nurses. These are the folks that are providing that open window into the womb along with, uh, with Bert. Uh, our nurse manager is Karen uh, Herndon. Karen, come on up. Many of you prayed for Karen a long time. She had a real physical trial, and we're so thankful God uh, touched her. Uh, uh, She's been with us eight years. Jennifer Green uh, has been with us for uh, uh, two years. Many of you remember Shannon and Virginia, uh, I mean, John and Virginia Spencer. This is one of their daughters. Uh, Kara Livingston, who's been a... uh, with us for five years. She's one of our RDMSs. These are uh, techs that can uh, run the ultrasound. And then Barbara Wright is one of our RDMSs. She's been with us for 13 years. And folks, both of these folks were at the center. They went away to get trained, to get schooled, to be able to come back and perform that service for the uh, ministry. And then the uh, staff that we have with us, uh, Melinda Daniel, our developmental uh, administrator, 
who's been with us two months. Pray for her. Uh, but we're glad to have her. We're glad to have her. And then uh, Robin Shreve, who's our center director, been with us for 14 years. And then this is the lady that really needs a lot of prayer. Uh, Melissa Howard, she's been with us uh, nine years. She's the client service director, but she's the heir apparent uh, to become the new executive director. Uh, Carol, come on up. This is Carol Henschel. Karen, Carol has been the executive director for uh, 18 years uh, at the uh, ministry, and she will be retiring at the end of this year. So uh, uh, Melissa was named to be the uh, new director, so this is a great uh, opportunity for Carol to be along her side this uh, year of transition as they uh, make that. Now, now let me just say a word, give you an opportunity to express your appreciation, and we'll dismiss uh, our children and, and, and move forward. You know, in the book of Ezekiel, uh, chapter 22, the prophet lists the sins of the nation that he said would incur the judgment of God, which, as you know, did uh, in the form of the Babylonian invasion, which took them into a uh, time of captivity that lasted for 70 uh, years. And if you read that chapter, it's interesting, eight different times, eight times in that one chapter, he specifically mentions the shedding of innocent blood. And that, that would incur the judgment of God. And then if you're familiar with the chapters, he mentions the shedding of innocent blood, how this would incur God's judgment. Uh, at the very end of the chapter, he then, God speaks, and, and he says, I looked for a man to stand in the gap so that I might not destroy the land. And some of the tra most tragic words in all the Bible, you know what the, the next words are? And he found no one. And then it, it, he says, as a result, God's indignation, God's fury, God's wrath came upon the nation for the shedding of innocent blood. I am so thankful that in our day and age, as God looked for individuals to stand in the gap, He found them. Uh, not only the staff here of Sound Choices, but thousands of pregnancy centers uh, across the nation. And you need to understand what the prophet means by that picture, standing in the gap. In Bible days, the walls of a city was the, wall, was the city's, what, defense. And so in the analogy, this is referring to God being our defense, as we adhere to His righteous standards and His holy ways. And, of course, when He refers to a breach being made in the wall, He's talking about the fact that the people had forgotten God. They had turned from God. They had fallen into idolatry. They had fallen into immorality and even now inhumanity in the shedding of innocent blood. And there's this picture that there's this gap in the wall and the enemy are flooding into this gap. The enemy of unrighteousness, the enemy of unholiness, the enemy of shedding innocent blood. And God says, I'm looking for somebody. I'm looking for a soldier. I'm looking for a warrior who's going to rush to that gap, make their stand, repel the enemy, and repair the wall. Now, folks, that took some guts because it's at, at that gap the enemy warriors are rushing in. And you need to know these folks are on the front lines. They are standing in that gap. And they are continually knowing adversity. They're continually knowing warfare. We've had our center just right down here vandalized on multiple occasions over the years. We've had threats to this, uh, to this ministry. Uh, but they continue to stand. They continue to make a difference. And praise God... He has used them literally over these years to save thousands of babies, to discover their God-given destiny, and to be used by God for His honor and glory, to see thousands of women come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, along with other family members. And that's the ultimate purpose of this ministry, is simply to extend God's presence in this community, to express the character of Christ, uh, to advance the gospel, which is the only answer for our nation today. The message of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, and how that message can transform a human life. And as human lives are transformed and changed, then a culture, a society 
uh, can be changed. So what you're looking at is a sampling of the many heroes throughout the country that are standing in the gap, and it'd be very appropriate right now for us to show them our heartfelt love and appreciation for the work they do. Amen? Amen. Amen. We'll let you uh, ladies have your seats. And uh, with that, we will dismiss our boys and girls for their children's worship. Uh, they go to what we call Praiseville. If we have a guest and you have children, your child is more than welcome to participate. It's just as simple as you see, releasing your child to the vestibule. Leadership, pick them up there. They go directly below us. And that's where you would pick up your child when we finish. We also have a full nursery downstairs that you can take advantage of if you need that. You know, in this uh, uh, fight for life, um, it is wonderful to have medical doctors that are committed to the sanctity of human life. And uh, it has been our privilege here at Edgewood over the years to have uh, many of these doctors that have been members here. I think of uh, Dr. David Roberts who uh, now is living in Montana, but was one of the leading abortionists here in the city of Columbus. And God brought him to Christ through the ministry of our church. And as a result of his conversion, he became one of the greatest champions for life that I've ever known within the medical community. And we have another one, Dr. Banks Carroll. So I'm going to ask Dr. Carroll if he would come to lead us in our offertory prayer. Dr. Carroll, of course, is one of the elders here at the church. And we appreciate his commitment and his convictions as well.
investment in this ministry over the years dating back to the 70s and I uh, continue to remain heavily invested in this ministry uh, throughout the nation and I don't say that to toot my horn I, uh, I say that to be able to say this uh, no one knows this ministry as well as I do or I know it as well as anyone else does and I can tell you and this is not an embellishment we have the best executive director in the United States of America, Ms. Carol, and her sound person. So I, I wanted her to come and uh, share with you and uh, give you a report and challenge you. So uh, give her a good Edgewood welcome. Because uh, I know some folks who work in the ministry and I am humbled by your words and by the work that God has so graciously allowed me to be a part of. Um, and I came to work um, at New Beginnings in 2000, we there for almost four years um, before Kay Thompson challenged me to seek the Lord about coming to what was then the Crisis Pregnancy Center. Of course, my response was, those days are over. Thank you. Um, until the Lord said, don't you think y'all pray about it? And I was like, nope. Um, so being here um, is certainly my greatest um, joy. And, you know, I, um, I can't say enough about the people who volunteer and who work, the staff at Sound Choices, because... Um, <coughs> They make the ministry look really, really good. They love the Lord. They are there because He's called them there. And because they couldn't be anywhere else and be in the center of His will. And that's where I am. And that's why it's such a great privilege to be at all recognized for anything. Because it is so humbling. But most of you know um, David Levine. He went to church here for a long, long time. And I see him occasionally, and his question to me almost always is, why is abortion still legal in the United States? And I struggle to find a reason, except the church is too quiet. Because we use that verse that says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven? Well, for 
forgive their sins and heal their land. And the big if, if my people. And it has caused me to uh, take a sermon that my preacher did some, some months ago and make it mine. I shared it with our staff on our staff retreat. The Marks of a Mature Warrior. And I won't read all the scripture because it's lengthy and we don't have time for me to um, read chapter after chapter. But I will point you to Joshua chapter 14. And Caleb is speaking. He's gone to Joshua and he says in verse 10, Now behold, the Lord has let me live just as he spoke these 45 years from the time the Lord spoke his word to Moses. When Israel walked in the wilderness, and now behold, I'm 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as I was in the day of Moses, the day Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now. For war and for going out and coming in. And then he says, now then, give me this hill country, which the Lord spoke on that day, for you heard on that day that Anakin was there with great fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me, and I will drive them out as the Lord has spoken. The courage of Caleb to say, I fought the battle. I've been faithful. Now it's time to give me the land. Andy, you fought the battle. You've been faithful. Now it's time to thank the Lord to give us the land. You know, we talk about the early days. It was um, the gracious of the Lord for us to see some amazing things happen in Columbus, Georgia. The closing of one abortion clinic. The courage of women to go to their physicians and say, do you do abortions? And if you do, I can't be your patient anymore. Took courage. And yet we saw the tide change in our community because of it. And it's time for us to be that warrior again. It's time for us to be that courageous again. I was listening and I listen um, with no distractions because he's so smart, but I listen to Rabbi Zacharias quite often. And yesterday, as I was listening, he um, quoted something from Sultanitsyn, who was here in the late 70s, and encouraging the West, encouraging the United States, because of what he saw coming. And he made this statement. A decline in courage may be the most striking feature which is an outside observer notices in the West in our days. The Western world has lost its civil courage, both as a whole and separately. In each country, each government, each political party, and of course in the United Nations. Such a decline in courage is particularly noticeable among the ruling groups and the intellectual elite causing an impression of loss of courage by the entire society. Of course, there are many courageous individuals, but they have no determining influence in life. In the late 70s, he made that quote. It is still true today. But he was talking about an influence that is man-given. Caleb, Joshua, and even Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles is talking about an influence and a power that you and I can tap into today. The Israelites were in the land, but they had not fully conquered it. And they had not fully conquered it for three particular reasons. The first one, they were tired. If you talk very long to the warriors who were standing up here, they tell you that they get tired. They can tell you that they go home and around the dinner table, they talk about what they've seen and what they've experienced. And there's a tiredness. But there's also a resident. That tomorrow, they're going to get up. They're going to put on their home armor and they're going to go back to the But the Israelites had not only, were not only tired, but compromised. And we as a society have certainly done that. We have compromised with the enemy. Some say it's because that's the only way to get things done. And I'm sure to some degree that's true. But we don't have to 
compromise when it comes to power and when it comes to pleasing the Lord. The last reason I think is much more insidious. They were content with what they had. Rather than being willing and wanting to conquest, they were really content with where they were and what they had. So I know that it's time for us to stop settling the fruit of the promised land and to make it our promised home. So how is this done? It's done by becoming a mature, committed warrior. A mature warrior carries out his God-given purposes. I sat in this sanctuary in 1981, and God commissioned me in my heart, my husband in his heart, to be a part of this battle. And just because I am leaving a desk at Sound Choices, I am not leaving a battle. I plan to be a greater influence in my retirement than I ever was in the days that I was at Sound Choices. And I'm excited to say, I'm excited to see what the Lord is going to do. Because we're never too old to do what so we've got to stop the ifs, if my people should never be a part of our vocabulary. It just should be because he is. To stop with reservations and to give up the provisions of the flesh. A mature warrior claims those promises of God. God promised Caleb a mountain, and now he was taking hold of it. The promises of God are not nails to hang our hat on, but are checks to be cashed. And we need to cash our check that says we can stop abortion in Columbus, Georgia. We can make it unnecessary. Why? Because we're about the business of the Father who said, I will do greater works than Jesus did. Greater works. It's a humbling thought. And yet, the center, and this is something I just um, realized as I was doing some research. The center verse in the Old Testament is the verse, if God be for us, who can be against us? And then my personal, um, I guess I have a life verse, this would be part of it in 1 Thessalonians. Five starts with verse 16. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't despise what um, prophetic utterances that you may be preserved in body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. Until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then that promise. Faithful is he who is called who also will do it. I don't have to preserve. He preserves. And he does naturally supernatural things. And he does it every single day if we're committed to knowing him. The Israelites had seen the difficulty of every opportunity and now they needed to see the opportunity in every difficulty. <coughs> On March the 20th of this year, Nifla will hear a case that will determine the future of all the pregnancy resource centers in the country. If you haven't heard about it, you need to. And you need to put this at the top of your prayer list. That you pray very specifically for the National Institute of Family and Life Advocates, for the lawyers who will be presenting our case, for the Supreme Court as they hear it. It is a case out of California that says every center in California must give abortion referral information to every patient who comes in. Andy and I have talked. We will never do that. Which means we could go to jail. That's a sobering thought for me. Isn't a sobering thought for you? And yet, if we're going to do the work of God, we cannot compromise with the enemy. So March 20th, 2018, between now and then, I beg you to make that a con
consecrated prayer effort. Um, if you'll go to NIFLA's website, you can actually sign up to be a part of their um, prayer vigil that they're doing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they're also asking as many as you can to come be on the steps of the Supreme Court on that day. Melissa whispered to me that she would like to go. I think we all said that. What do you think? Amen. A warrior also counts on the presence of God. In Joshua 14, 2, it says, Now these are the territories which the sons of Israel inherited. And it the territories. These are, not were, not can be, but are. If I could list the territories that I know God has given us, I know, number one, that he has given us the ability to stand. In 2 Chronicles 20, story of Jehoshaphat, when he heard that there were many armies that he'd been kind of good to, and he was upset because he'd been good to them, he didn't destroy them, and now they were all coming against him. And it says he's worried. And what did he do? He sought the Lord. That's the first thing he did when the enemy said they were coming. And you know what God said? Don't be afraid. Stand. Now, there are places in Scripture, especially when it comes to moral issues, when we're supposed to flee. But this is a place we're supposed to stand. We're supposed to stand for those who cannot speak for themselves. We're supposed to stand and say, no. Not on my watch. I know, and I think you know, as the body of Christ in Edgewood Baptist Church, that the Lord sought for a man who would stand in the gap. And this time, he found one. His name was Andy Mary. And I am humbled to say, I'm going to hold his arms up. Because he is a powerful and wonderful voice for life. And he has influence. And I am praying for him that God will do what only God can do with him as someone who has that influence. There are three things that I'm praying for Andy, and I'm praying for my own pastor, who happens to be my husband. I'm also praying that for pastors like Paul at Evangel Temple, Brad at Cross Point, and Keith at Christ Community, and so many others. Pray three things for them. I'm praying that God will give them more time. Second Kings, it says, In those days, Hezekiah became mortally ill. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amazon, came to him and said, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, or you shall die out of Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Remember, O Lord, I beseech you now, I have walked before you in truth with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah had gone out in the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him saying, Return and say this to Andy Mary. Take the news there. Thus says the Lord, the God of your Father, I've heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you on the third day, and you shall go up to the house of the Lord, and I will add 15 years to your life. I'm not praying for 25. And I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the Assyrians. More time. We need more time for men like Andy Merritt and others who stand for life in our community. And for a greater influence. First Chronicles 14. Now, Jabez called on the Lord God, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my order, that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm. That, may not, that I may not be in pain. And God granted him his request. Praying for greater influence. I'm praying that Andy and others, myself, our staff, our volunteers, will have an influence of sandpaper to the enemy and salve 
to a hurting community. We are one of the top abortion numbers in our state, and that has to change. And it will change as we seek the Lord. And then the last thing I pray, pray for more power. Second Kings says, and when they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I'm taken from you. And Elisha said, Please, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Our days are evil. Therefore, I'm praying for a triple portion of God's spirit on those who fight this battle. It is so important for you to see God's face and to be a part of the battle that God is raging on many fronts in our country, in our world. And it pains me that we forget we've already won the war. It pains me that we walk around as if we're defeated. No, thank you. We are an army to be reckoned with. I was uh, reading a particular uh, illustration of Psalm 91, and there were two generals in the Philippines when um, Marcos was in rule and so cruel and they were, there was a coup to take over. And there were two particular generals, 400 to 800 troops. And Marcos was sending fighter helicopters to wipe them out, to wipe out the ones who were opposing him. And those two generals didn't know anything else to do but pray Psalm 91. I want to read just a portion of Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. For he, it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly presence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. There's something about that verse. He will cover you with his pendants, and under his wings you may find refuge. Do you know what chicks hear when they're under the wings of their mom? They hear a heartbeat. They hear a heartbeat. The heartbeat of God for us is to trust his faithfulness as a shield. Those helicopters, those fighter helicopters that were going to kill the insurgents one by one by one decided they didn't want to fight for who they were fighting for. And they sat those helicopters down and became a part of the insurgents. And life changed the buildings. Why? Because two generals decided that God was enough. And I think we will make that decision today. As you leave this place, will God be enough to draw a union, to be a part of the army, to do whatever it takes? I have to tell you, it's comfortable to be here, to be in this place with you people who are like-minded, who love like Jesus. But this is not where the battle is. The battle is outside those doors. And your strength, as is mine, will be found as I kneel, as I lay before the Lord and say, turn the tide. Set the helicopters down. This is an important year for sound choices, an important year for pro-life worlds. And I'm grateful for what we see, but it's not enough. We've got to stop. And we can stop here.
heart of being a warrior. Robin and some of the other staff will be out in a warrior for you to sign up to be a You can be an active part of seeing girls change their lives and choose life with their childhood. You can be a part of the salvation of those girls. But it takes some time. And it takes being a little uncomfortable. But mainly it takes realizing that for us to have more time, more influence, and more power, we've got to plug into the power source. We've got to stop running on molehills and start taking mountains. Let's pray. Lord, I want to be one of those generals who prays Psalm 91. And we see the enemy lay down his arms in fear of you. Thank you that we are indeed a winning army. May we begin to act. And treasure the power and the influence and the time that you give us. Because eternity is at stake. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Carol. Uh, of course, this has been a little different service. And I want to end it in a little different way. Uh, this is what I'd like you all to do. If you could get... Uh, the staff, I want you to get right in the middle there in the aisle. Yeah, all of you. And volunteers, anybody, any of the board, all you, everybody that was up here earlier, if you would just get right there in the middle. Right dead in the middle. Okay, this is what I want the congregation to do. I know this is a little awkward. Y'all get in the middle now. Get bunched up. Get bunched up. You love one another, right? Now, I want the congregation, I want us to stand up, and I just want us to move this way and encircle these folks. Not in like one circle, but just get all around them and just, you can put your shoulder on the person that's uh, next to you or behind you, and, uh, and then we're going to pray. Okay, just everybody, that's right, you just come. That's a beautiful sight. It's a beautiful picture of the church providing protection and provision for this wonderful ministry. Amen. Let me pray now. Father, what an absolutely uh, beautiful sight uh, to see uh, the church family surrounding these precious folks. And Father, thank you that uh, uh, we are winning. Uh, thank you that we're seeing every single day uh, babies saved. Um, and we've always prayed for those babies that are saved, uh, that uh, you would bring them to the saving knowledge of Christ, and that you would use them uh, to have a mighty impact for you uh, in our culture. And Lord, with the length of time that we've been in this ministry, uh, we have actually seen that. We have so, so very many uh, adults, children, that or children that are now adults, uh, that were saved, uh, that are preachers, missionaries, uh, doctors, lawyers, uh, raising families, uh, being a light in their youth group, wherever they might be, or in their school. And we praise you for that. We thank you for the innumerable hosts that have come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior through not only this ministry, but ministries like it around the nation. Uh, Lives that have been changed never to be the same again. Uh, Lord, it's remarkable to think where we began and where we are now. That there are probably six times more pregnancy centers than there are abortion clinics in this country now. Uh, we thank you that we've seen, been seeing the abortion numbers uh, come down. Uh, and we praise you for that. But as Carol exhorted, we know the battle is not over. 
We have uh, so much further to go, but we thank you that uh, you'll be with us every step of the way and that you'll give us your grace. And so, Lord, we want to pray for uh, Carol, uh, this staff, these volunteers, uh, the board. Um, Lord, I cannot think of any better prayer to pray for them, over them, than that magnificent prayer of the Apostle Paul uh, found in Ephesians 3. And so, Lord, we would unite our hearts together as one, and we would cry out to you as we intercede on their behalf, as we come to you through the blood and righteousness of Christ, that you would grant them, each and every one of them, according to the riches of your glory, to be strengthened with power through the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit in the depth of their inner being. Lord, we acknowledge that there is no more important ingredient in ministry than our personal relationship with you. And so, Lord, we pray that Holy Spirit would do a deep, purging, refining work where their hearts would always provide Jesus a home where he could dwell comfortably to have his way and to have his will. That the pregnancy center itself would be a a place where you would have sway, total control, total influence, not only on these workers, but those who come through the doors to be ministered uh, to. And, uh, and then, Lord, we uh, pray that as you have already rooted and grounded them in your love, that they would, uh, with each new day, uh, come to know in a deeper way, uh, experientially, uh, the depth, the length, depth, breadth, and height of that love, uh, that that love would secure them and uh, provide stability for them to be able to stand, as Carol exhorted, to stand in their faith, stand in the full armor uh, of God, knowing nothing can sever them from that love, uh, knowing nothing can uproot them from that love, that they are uh, secure in it. And then as they're secure in it, to be able to unconditionally love others and those that you bring in to us, that they truly would be your arms, they would be your voice, that they would uh, be your heart as they uh, exercise this ministry of compassion uh, to those women that have come in that uh, are in such desperate need. So many have been uh, broken by their own uh, sin and rebellion. And uh, so, Lord, just bless them to be a blessing uh, to these. And then, Lord, I, pr- I pray you'd fill them with your fullness. Uh, Remove everything from their lives that would not be like you and fill them with Christ. Uh, That that uh, pregnancy center would be filled with Christ each and every day. That this community would be filled uh, with Christ and it would just spread throughout uh, the nation. And now, Lord, we're going to just simply trust you uh, that uh, in and through their lives, in and through this ministry and uh, how this ministry has been multiplied throughout the country, that you're going to do, that you are doing exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything that we could even begin to ask or think or imagine uh, in this very moment and that you would do this for the honor and glory and praise of Jesus do this through the power of the Holy Spirit and do this for the spiritual welfare and benefit not only of this present generation but future generations and then Lord there's a large group of us standing outside of them and Lord we simply want to say we are thine. We surrender to you. We are available to you. And Lord, any way you desire to use us in this battle for life, uh, Lord, lead us, uh, guide us, raise us each and every up to be one to be up prayer warriors to provide the financial support this ministry needs. I know there's a need for more volunteers, and uh, Lord, I pray you'll raise up a greater army of volunteers to get involved and invested in this beautiful, wonderful uh, ministry. So, Lord, may we never rest on our past laurels. May we never become content, as Carol mentioned. May we know that holy dissatisfaction that would drive us to you, uh, continue to create in our hearts a greater and greater dependence upon you that would create a desperation for you that would result in a determination to follow after you. And so, Lord, we uh, just... uh, Look to you to give us grace to be all that you desire us to be and to finish the work that you've given us here on earth to do. For it's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Okay, just remain right there just for a moment.
Uh, I'm going to dismiss you in just a second, but uh, they'll be out in the vestibule. Every one of you should get on that e-prayer list. They, if you're not familiar with this, it is a beautiful thing that they do. Just about every day, they'll send out these, these uh, little prayer uh, emails uh, giving you specific situations that they're dealing with, uh, abortion-minded women and uh, different situations where immediately you can begin to pray as, as they're dealing with these individuals. And God has used this in, in a wonderful, wonderful way. And there is a need for volunteers, and they'd be glad to talk to you about that. And, of course, they train and equip and uh, and Carol. Yeah, that's good news. If you didn't hear, we need a new ultrasound machine. One of ours, the one in the mobile unit, I believe, is the one that uh, got a crack. And just found out Focus on the Family is providing us an $18,000, $20,000 grant uh, to be able to, uh, uh, to obtain that. She mentioned to you to pray for that Supreme Court case. That is significant. March 20th is the, if you didn't understand what Carol's saying, that's, that's the day of the oral arguments when the NIFLA lawyers and other pro-life lawyers will present their case before the Supreme Court. But, of course, the other side will be there, too. And uh, as you heard Carol share the ramifications of this are just staggering uh, because what this law, in other words, if that law is upheld in California, it will spread like wildfire across the nation. I just can guarantee that. We, we know that. And, uh, and it's something we could never obey. It would be a clear case of civil disobedience that we would be put in. And so be praying for that. Also, if you are not aware, probably tomorrow, if not tomorrow, early part of this next week, the Senate, United States Senate, will vote on a bill to uh, uh, outlaw abortions after 20 weeks in pregnancy. Uh, this was already passed in the House last year. It will be voted on the Senate. To be very honest with you, it doesn't look real good right at this moment because of a procedural issue. They're going to have to have 60 votes to push it on, and it's going to be very difficult, but uh, nothing's impossible, so be praying for that. As, as well. Well, God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Sound Choices. Let's show them a little love one more time, and you're dismissed.